0: All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Boils and ghouls, lock your doors and strap yourselves in from Los Angeles, California. This is the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shan, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tejada. Let's
1: go! It's the Boo Crew Podcast, episode number nine. Multi-talented supermodel, actress, and humanitarian Lydia Hurst is hanging out with you. Hail to the king, baby. She starred in many horror films, TV, and has a deep obsession for the genre. She's very active in the horror scene as a vocal supporter of new and undiscovered horror as well. She'll take you through her prop collection. Plus, she's a major Disneyland freak like us, so what is there not to talk about? Also, the Boo Crew stays at home and checks in with some Fright Flicks that are streaming right now. And this is what we call it when that happens. (laughs)
0: The Blue Crew dusts a Fright Flick off the shelf
1: for Horror Homework. So, are we going to talk about it then or not? It was a nightmare film. What happened to you then? We got spooked and we had bad dreams. All right? The Ritual, made in 2017, just released on Netflix, directed by David Bruckner and written by Joe Barton, based on a novel put out in 2011 by Adam Neville. It was a British movie shot in Sweden. Lauren. What do you think? We watched it together.
2: I really liked it. I got into it immediately. It starts off really strong, and it just pulls you in. It's these four guys, and they're going through the forest, which is creepy on its own. Just imagine being in the forest by yourself. I would just imagine I would get lost, and in that... so creepy to me just in the forest walking trying to find your way out and shit happens in the forest (laughs) that is not it's not good if horror movies have taught us anything (laughs) is shit happens in the forest forest. Forest. yeah Yeah, you don't want to go in there
1: so the guy behind this David Bruckner I didn't even know this going in that he directed and wrote a short film that I'm actually a huge fan of but it was the segment in VHS put out in 2012 called Amateur Night. Oh, that's the Which best is one. Which one. one of the best ones. I love VHS. Yep. There's a couple other ones I love on there too, but Amateur Night definitely stands out. Amateur Night's actually one of the only films from a short film anthology that was made into a full-length feature. That would be Siren that Siren. came out after that. Yep. Oh. Yeah, this movie's about these guys, a group of college friends, and something tragic happens, and they end up reuniting and, and going on this hike, and it's called King's Trail. It runs alongside the Swedish-Norway border, and it's when they decide to take this shortcut through the woods, as Lauren was saying, that this horrific kind of supernatural adventure takes place. I don't want to give any spoilers at all, really, because part of the fun is having the mystery unfold for you. It's kind of like the Blair Witch for people who don't like found footage movies. It's like the Blair Witch meets the witch.
2: That's a good way to describe it. I also liked how they would zoom in on things and then you would see things in the background and you'd be like, what the fuck is that?
1: Yeah, that technique that we've seen yes, we've been seeing lately. Which we like. That has come back from the 70s and 60s horror films. They're doing it on this one, too. It's not announcing scares, showing things in the background where you might miss it. And it kind of zooms past it. And yeah, so it's kind of like a road movie in the forest. But another thing that I really loved about this movie, you know, you take four guys, throw them on a trip. Instantly, what's the first thing that you think you're going to get? Sex. Sure. Well, at least people.
3: Okay. Okay. Well,
1: could go there. In the least, you'd expect a bunch of douchey bros getting drunk talking about sex every five minutes, which I hate. And that's creeped its way into a lot of movies, in particular horror films. Right. That is not in this at all. It's more so how real people would really talk on a trip like this grown men <laughs> having intelligent conversations is, is kind of what it'd be. It's like a grown man coming of age story yeah. inside a horror film, really. They've
2: got a really good friendship going on and, you know, felt for these people. I really got invested in who they were mm-hmm. and what they were doing and Isn't, they all cared about each other and I cared about them and I cared about what happened to them. And
1: It's a very interesting backstory of why they're going into the woods and, and following their relationships and it makes it really unique and sad and tragic and at the same time Just really compelling. It's good storytelling. They use genius sound design and set pieces and the tensions beautifully it builds as the mystery unfolds and it really pays off at the end. It doesn't leave you guessing too much, which is what I love at the end. You get a nice wrap up. Guillermo del Toro has been tweeting his love for this movie as well as Mike Flanagan from Ouija Origin of Evil. All these people have been watching Barbara Crampton, all these genre film actors and makers have been a lot of hype about this movie. It's got incredible set design and art pieces by Keith Thompson. Who was a collaborator with Guillermo del Toro on *Crimson Peak*, *Pacific Room*, *Don't Be Afraid of the Dark*? I don't know. I just love movies like this, and I'm happy that it's made.
4: Next, well, writing the coattails of *The Ritual*, Netflix decides to dump another movie on everyone out of the blue called *Veronica*.
5: Police, tell me. I
6: Seen no,
2: that. no, I've heard yeah, about it, was it.
4: Just released, just like a week ago or two weeks ago. Yeah, I've been hearing about it. Don't
1: spoil it because I really do want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> no worries, I will. So
4: much hype about this movie, though. Yeah, so much press about this movie. The director Paco Plaza. He's famous for directing and starting the whole Rec series. Spanish director, Spanish movie. He brings us Veronica. These Spanish movies, they're fantastic because they're very bleak. They're very dark. Like, even in the happiest moments of the day, it's still pretty dark. They always seem to like these movies correctly. Like for some reason, they just get it. I don't know what it is, but all these Spanish movies are fantastic. And this one is great. The movie, Spanish actors, filmed in Spain, played by the lead uh, Sandra Escanzino. She plays the lead character, Veronica. Now, stories about her taking her friends on a day where there's a solar eclipse. They decide to pull out the Ouija board and conjure up her dead father. Uh-oh. <laughs> and, uh
3: oh! <laughs> no some, bueno. Something comes.
4: Something comes back. Ooh. That's all I can, That's all I can say. Movies is. It's beautiful. It's very well acted. There's something about these Spanish actors. It's like every time there's a movie like The Orphanage, directed by uh, Jay Bayona, you know, he, these people seem to assemble these great teams of production people, lighting actors, writers, everything. It's just, it's it's very well done. It's very creepy. I think in a sense, I almost want to say this director, uh, Paco Plaza, I almost want to say he's like the Spanish James Wan because he can take kids. And he knows how to direct the kids. The kids know how to act. The kids can be creepy. And when the kids are creeped out, you're really creeped out. Because you feel for them. You feel so bad, you know? Well, in this story, day by day, Veronica, she raises these kids. So basically, it's her siblings that she's looking after. There's a mom in the picture, but she's busy working two jobs, whatever. But Veronica watches over the kids. The main focus is Veronica, her friends, and her kids. Things get very, very dark after that Ouija board incident. The great thing about this is that, but you guys didn't know that this is actually based on a true story. Go back to 1991, Spain. This movie opens with. Uh, emergency call and it ends with a police report. So the movie is actually based on the true story of that police report. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's really creepy. And the true story, you have to go back to 1991. The real person, it's her name is not Veronica, and her name is actually Stefania Gutierrez-Lazaro. So the story goes that she played with the Ouija board at school and a nun caught her and broke it. They think that because the seance of Conjuring was not officially closed or there was no goodbye, there was no ending to it, the girl was not necessarily possessed or anything, but she had a lot of bad things happen or her. More like an infestation, I guess you would say. <laughs> So no, the, story, sounds, the story Sounds worse Yeah, yeah. yeah. The story's yeah. true There's documentation
6: <laughs> It's like, you, you a, can, like a bot fly Yeah right That's <laughs> Jeez, awful Of spirits That is awful
4: I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna mention You can google if you want to I'm not gonna mention What happened to Stefania um, Because it, it ties into the movie And stuff And I don't wanna spoil that But yeah It's really fascinating That this is based on a true story That's well over 20 I don't know 26 to 7 years old Whatever Really creepy Especially when you hear The 911 phone call
1: Is it the actual 911 call the they I use or? It, I believe it is I believe it is Wow yeah. That's And See man Any of that. I know You, you mix <laughs> true story <laughs> With like a good Exorcism <laughs> possession <Dude>. story <laughs> You can
4: actually Google it.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna stop doing Horror podcasts
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: This whole <laughs> Apparently this whole case Is documented You can get all the audio clips And stuff online Wow So yeah It's a really creepy story I recommend the movie It's dark It's very divisive There are people that like it and people that don't like it and i think if you follow the hype that it's like oh the scariest movie ever made don't because what scares you what scares me what scares anyone in this room is very different
1: yeah all subjective it's all
4: subjective you know exactly so it's one of those things where go in with an open mind but if you do not like things that go bump in the night if you do not (laughs) like the paranormal or demonology demons and stuff like that then you might find this scary i recommend it check it out it's on netflix
1: Wow. Sounds great. Good, yeah. God, man. <laughs> <laughs> All this sh- the streaming is a- kicking ass.
6: I know. Yeah. And it's convenient. Yeah. It's speaking of convenient, so I used this horror homework assignment to catch up on a movie that I've been hearing about for a while and hadn't seen and really wanted to see, called Train to Busan. <laughs> <laughs> was great i really really enjoyed it yeah it's really good for anyone who doesn't know train to busan zombie movie out of south korea premiered the Cannes film festival in the midnight screening section 2016 written and directed by yon sang ho this is actually his first live action film he's an animator and actually i learned in kind of looking up about this after watching it which i had never heard of is that he did an animated feature film called soul station that uh is a prequel to Train from Busan. It takes place the day before the events of the film. And it's all animated, and it was released about a month after Train to Busan came out. Which means they must have been making it for years, right? To animate a feature film takes a long time. But yeah, so it's a zombie movie. It's a slow burn. You meet the characters. It has that opening shot. It very much reminded me of the 70s films. That has, it starts with this like, just like smash cut from black to this close up of a mannequin. It's a little unsettling. And then it pulls out and it's a mannequin just waving like cars down the street. (laughs) But there's been like an accident at a chemical factory. Of course, and uh, and it's just sort of <laughs> setting dun, dun, that premise up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like you know, it gives you sort of this cold open. action in the chemical factory, you learn through con like some guys complaining about the fact he's getting stopped, and and then you start meeting our- the characters. So you meet the characters, and the two things I really loved about this as a zombie movie. One, when I lived in Boston, I used to take the subway everywhere, and when you're on the train, I used to always think this. I don't know if you guys ever did. When you see the people, like you're on the train, you know you're going to be on the train for like 20 minutes or something, <laughs> right. and you see it's like if something terrible happens these are the people that i'm gonna be <laughs> right dealing with yeah. this horrible yeah. thing with of
1: course it's like being right? on an elevator same thing yeah, exactly, right? You're all exactly exactly same place. thing might as well be on a submarine so the something.
6: movie does a great job of just sort of very slyly introducing the people who are going to be the main characters of yeah. this group of people yeah. as the story progresses and i thought that was really clever and, it, and it's super subtle but you kind of you know you know what's going on like the movie doesn't do anything you haven't really seen before but the way in which it does it is just very charming and very engaging the idea of having a zombie movie on a train is kind of brilliant. It also could just end very quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the way the storytelling happens, the set pieces that happen, yep. the hurdles, you know, it has that sort of video gamey, Snowpiercer-ish kind of thing too of, you know, one train car. You know, where Snowpiercer was on the train the entire time, this movie, it has stops and starts and you don't know where it's going to go. There's these false hope moments. We're like, oh, they got away. Oh, okay, so all the zombies are trapped on that car and they're okay. <laughs> and then you're like, ah, yep. except, And then something changed, you know, and it just keeps going and going. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really cool, and and it made me think. we were talking, Rachel and I were talking earlier, and wondering if there's been a maze. Like it's a perfect setup
5: for a maze. Yeah, this is really cool. It's a really
6: cool setup. I don't know if anyone's done it, but it would be amazing <laughs> <laughs> to piggyback off of that. The other thing I, that was just announced today in the trades is they're developing a, uh, or have developed a VR experience a based on that Busan, movie. Yeah. A train to Busan VR experience that's currently traveling around Asia.
5: that be creepy. Oh that's my cool. gosh. Yeah.
6: <laughs> the movie is a huge hit in Asia. It's one of the yeah. top 10 films of all time in Korea. Yep. It was the number one movie in Singapore for a really long time. Hong Kong, I think it was the top movie of the year Or, or at least had a Very successful in Hong Kong, beating yeah. out all the Hong Kong movies at the time I'm sure it's gearing up for an American remake There's a uh, Gaumont, the French Company, is doing an English language remake
4: I heard something really interesting that that director Is quoted as saying that He's so fascinated that Americans Make horror movies for young audiences And the Koreans make horror movies for Older audiences. Mm. That's interesting yeah. Did you get that wide Watch the movie? You know,
6: yes, because he does a similar thing that Romero did, which is using the zombie subgenre to address the themes of humanity. In this case, it was about what's the test of your mettle when you're faced with an extreme? Who are you going to be when the shit hits the fan? Mm. There's all these sort of archetypal characters. There's the rich asshole who's super selfish and the innocent child who just want to help other people. You know, it really becomes the sort of tapestry of, of, you know, humanity and human behavior in the face of conflict or adversity. That's
1: wow. Right. Let's, let's just put that on the poster. <laughs> <laughs>
6: (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
5: mine actually is a little bit older film I've been kind of going down this maze in some regards of mirrors haunted mirrors of uh, mirror witches doing a little research on that and so I had never seen this and I've been wanting to see this movie it is Oculus
0: why don't we just end it right now and smash the damn thing
2: First, I intend to prove that the people
7: I've just described were victims of the supernatural force that resides in that mirror.
0: Yes.
5: The 2013 film, written, directed, and edited by Mike Flanagan. It was awesome. I really enjoyed it. It's been one of those things that I've been wanting to see for such a long time, and so I'm really happy that I got a chance to check it out. The film follows Kaylee and Tim their brother and sister, and when they were younger, they had a horrible, violent past where their parents were killed. And so the film takes place 10 years later, where you see Kaylee, played by Karen Gillian, and her brother, Uh, but but, uh, Kaylee, her character believes that... The reason why she had this violent past and that her parents died is that there was a antique mirror that was haunted that her father brought into his office that basically spread this evil throughout the house. So she and her brother decide to spend the night bringing this mirror back to their old childhood home and seeing if they can conjure back this evil to basically kill it to have vengeance on it. Let's just say they do a good job. Actually, um, really impressed by Mike Flanagan's directing and editing. As someone who edits, um, I was just amazed by like how he interwoven this story of basically two timelines. Um, you kind of spend time in the past As them as children, and then you also spend time with them in the present. And so intercutting between these timelines really helps tell the story. Also, it really helps make the mirror really scary. Because kind of doing research on like, how do you make a mirror scary? Like there's ideas of like summoning, like you chanting in front of a mirror, or like there's like a witch or some type of creature, but this mirror is a little bit different. And I think the reason why it's different is because it really changes your perception on like what is reality like there isn't necessarily something that you're summoning it's something that is just a presence that's there as an audience member the way it's like cut together and the way it's pieced together it kind of also changes your perception of what is reality which kind of makes you feel creepy when you watch it
1: Almost a little bit like a Nightmare on Elm Street mm-hmm. feel. Yeah, yeah. Like, vibe? what is this a, a Freddy right. dream a dreamer, or, or, or is this real? Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. That to me is one of the most unsettling cinematic mm-hmm. experiences that I've ever had. <laughs> is watching Nightmare on Elm sure. Street. Lauren yeah. can attest to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
2: not gonna watch that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but
6: yeah, it's an interesting thing. Oculus scared the shit out of me. Yeah. Like it was one of those movies where towards the end, I was just like, yeah. how long? How much longer yes, is this movie? Totally it was we like, were like What's right so tense because it is that unreliable the film itself becomes an unreliable narrator because you don't know what's real and what isn't just like the characters don't it's everything that's great about cinema Mm -hmm. as a storytelling device I've been thinking about this a lot because this movie can't get out of my head yeah (laughs) it's it's that a mirror reflects reality that's what a mirror does but what if it starts reflecting alternate realities and that's kind of what this mirror I mean the mirror literally does nothing but Sit on the wall, <laughs> but it becomes the whole focus of this mm-hmm. stuff. It's it's really brilliant filmmaking. I yeah. thought.
0: Grab your popcorn, fright fiends! It's the Boo Crew all up in your
1: program.
7: I'll swallow your soul.
1: Come get some. Go ahead, Scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. All right, joining us in the speakeasy studio with the Boo Crew, she is a supermodel, businesswoman, actress, philanthropist, and horror fanatic. She has appeared in over 30 TV and film projects from being a coach on 2014's The Face, the romantic comedy Stealing Chanel, now streaming, dramas, thrillers, and a smattering of horror films, including Cabin Fever Patient Zero, Condemned, and more, earning her the well deserved title of. Scream Queen. Scream Fest LA even noticed that, making her their official ambassador for their 2016 run. We cannot tell you how honored we are to be sitting down with Lydia Hurst, everybody. Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much.
8: Yeah, I'm so happy to be here, so thank you for having (laughs) me. That's
1: awesome. Well, we're going to start off right from the top. What is your earliest memory of having experience with horror?
8: Oh, gosh. Honestly, it was probably watching the Evil Dead movies, particularly actually the Army of Darkness Mm -hmm. film, and I believe I was probably in kindergarten.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's been one of my
8: all-time favorite films. I, I just had so many amazing memories of watching it with my dad when I was little and growing up, and I actually had the chance of telling Bruce Campbell about my, like, weird obsession with that movie not too long ago. <laughs> but yeah, I just, ever since then, I've been obsessed with horror. The bloodier, the better, and, like, I I always remembered that, I guess, the pit wench? Yeah. When he goes down there and then, like, gets in a big fight and the blood goes everywhere, and I just, I loved it so much, and I knew of course that it wasn't real and it was makeup and I just that was that was it for me.
1: So from there what did you discover on your own after that? What are some of your favorites?
8: I think the next film that I remember watching after that was probably some Hellraiser, and then I think I was in fourth grade when I saw The
4: Exorcist for the first time. Oh, Man. I was the exact same age <laughs> <laughs> watching that movie, and I'm still disturbed. See,
8: but like, I didn't really—I was so young. I don't think I really got what she was doing because I think it was oh, a different gosh. time then too. Because there wasn't the internet
3: at
4: all. Right?
8: People didn't have cell phones. And sex ed, I remember, was a really weird experience where the teacher—I just remember like cracked an egg and put some red food coloring in it and was like,
3: "There you go." <laughs>
8: (laughs) So I I really didn't understand what it was that I was seeing. Like, I just thought she was stabbing herself Um, and then vomiting everywhere. So and again, I knew that it was makeup and special effects. So everyone else who was there at the slumber party was terrified and I'm laughing and like, obviously I was not the most popular girl in school.
3: Right.
8: (laughs) You know.
1: It's interesting because at the age of four, I believe, you were growing up on movie sets. Yes. You were hanging around John Waters sets. Yes. You're hanging out with an intense group of people with a wide variety of characters right. on that scene. What was that like?
8: You know, I don't think I really knew what was going on. I just knew that it was my mom's job and yeah. she was there and it was fun and exciting. My sister, who was a little bit older, knew who, like, Johnny Depp was and all that. And instead, I was like, oh, Winona Ryder, you played Lydia and Beetlejuice. That's my name. <laughs> like, so I didn't really grasp what it was that was happening, but it just seemed like a lot of really happy, enthusiastic people that loved what they were doing and the lights and just the glamour. I, I knew, right away that's what I wanted to do
1: now there's a Connecticut connection you grew up in Connecticut Leo wanted to ask you something about growing up in Connecticut Yeah.
4: rumor is has it that you know the Warrens
8: Yes, yes That's amazing Yes, wow. I remember going on ghost hunting trips That they always had when I was little Ed and Lorraine No, really? Wow. And Ed obviously is no longer right. with us Lorraine is absolutely incredible I haven't seen her in years though
4: Yeah, she's she's been uh, Well, she's up there in age Right She doesn't travel much anymore Is it her son-in-law, Tony Spera And her I daughter, think right? so, yeah they're Taking over the uh, business sort Oh, of. I
8: didn't know they were taking it over That's amazing Yeah,
4: they're kind of in charge of the, of the occult museum and all Right, that. right Have you been in that room?
8: No, I always wanted to actually go, but my mom thought that I was too little, so I know my sister's been in there, but I never wow. actually made it, but I'm dying to go back there and go in there. <laughs> I remember, know
3: all the stories. Yes. yes.
4: Don't touch
3: anything. <laughs> <laughs> well,
4: also, you have to
8: be really careful with Annabelle. You don't want to insult right. her, because I know all those stories about like that one really horrific story about the guy and his girlfriend the went. motorcycle. And he, yes, and, and he was crazy. mocking the doll in the case, and instantly right after he left, it was like some freak tragic motorcycle accident.
1: Oh my God. So, you went a ghost hunting excursions with yes. them?
8: Yes, they sort of had these overnights in graveyards. And this really? was years wow. ago. i want to say, God, this just must have been in like 1998.
1: Oh, wow. Right, so before all the movies and everything else. And Obviously, before, I was only yeah. like four yeah. at the
8: time. Wow.
1: No, <laughs> <laughs> Were they, clever successful? The clever Were they? Math. Not at
6: all. <laughs> <laughs> Were any of the excursions successful?
8: Not really, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, there might have been like dust on the lens or orbs, what people yeah, yeah, would say, yeah, but yeah, yeah, no one yeah. actually really saw anything, unfortunately. I actually oh, think alas. our house is probably more haunted.
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're going there after. Ghost <laughs> <laughs> <Goes> hunting 101.
8: <laughs> well, I say that our Our house is haunted. Chris says it's not. It's not.
4: Well, he wants to to sleep at night. That's why. You want the experience. Right, right. Well,
8: no, when we first got our house, I thought Chris was playing a practical joke on me and like a door literally slammed right into my face and I opened it back up and was like, ha ha, very funny. And he was like across the house downstairs, like nowhere near where I was. Whoa. And then there was another night where I thought he'd come home from work and... You know, my cat was there and whenever my cat sort of hears a noise, he sometimes kind of perks up and like looks towards the door. And I thought that Chris had come home and I heard him talking on the phone, walking down the hallway and I was sort of brushing my teeth, getting ready to go to bed. And then I thought it was kind of weird he didn't come into the room. So after about 10 minutes, I was like, oh, well, just poke my head in and say hi. So I go skipping down the hallway and open the door to his office. It's pitch black. There's no one in there. So I'm like, well, that's weird. And then I sort of start wandering through the house, calling his name. Nothing, and then I look outside in the driveway, and there's there's no one there. The alarm is still set. Like no one. Like I thought someone was actually in the house.
1: Oh no! Wow, wow. <laughs> that's the worst feeling I've ever met. <laughs> that, you, you live in an old ass house. We do. Too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like what? Nineteen. Nineteen twenty eight. Okay. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I want to talk about your involvement in horror films, starting yes. with Cabin Fever, Patient Zero. Yeah. That's the first one that, that we was, ended up seeing. Yeah. It was amazing. That
8: was fun. I wish the lighting had been a little bit better so you could have seen the amazing special effects that we Still, had on that. Still, it was were yeah. so
1: over the top, grotesque,
8: and I, I feel like in a lot of the films I'm in, I die horrifically and I'm really you do. gooey. Yes, by the you end. <laughs> yes, you are.
3: Yes, you
1: are. You're a trooper. specifically yeah. in Patient Zero. There's a, a, yeah. a, a yeah. Fuck crazy.
3: Yeah. Spike. I mean, my arms are her. falling
1: off. Yeah, it's off amazing. <laughs> that's right.
3: Jaws
8: falling off and then a giant, like, three-foot dildo <laughs> <around>. <laughs> I mean, I can't... Spoiler
1: alert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, <gosh>. It's insane. <laughs> Were you a fan of the Cabin Fever, the original Cabin yes, Fever? Yes,
8: I love those. Uh, yeah,
1: I remember. I made road trips. I remember when it was playing the festival circuit, the original first one, from, like, Vancouver to Seattle with oh, friends to amazing. see it. To me, it was like seeing Evil Dead uh, for the first time in the theater because I never, you know, I was right. too young to see Evil Dead. And this was my Evil Dead was Cabin Fever. So I was just felling. Plus, I'm a germaphobe, so it's, it's completely <laughs> terrifying. What was the makeup experience like for you to be sitting in a chair? I mean, that was probably one of your first, one of your earlier is, horror yeah. films you were in and covered in prosthetics and special <laughs> completely
8: effects. Completely head-to-toe yeah. covered. I had, like, chest plate coverings and arm wow. coverings. And my I had to have um, my teeth molded and a second set of teeth put in over my teeth so that they could then apply the skin over that when I was deteriorating. And so I sort of had to learn how to talk all over again Uh with those prosthetics. (laughs) For the last day with my death scene, I think it was about six hours in the makeup chair. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. And that was before the 13-hour day. Right. It was was pretty crazy. So I think on that day, it was definitely a pushed call or forced call. But it was worth it because it was one of those things where I think, you know, we were literally filming all night until the sun was rising. And then I actually, after we got that shot, had to leave for the airport. So I no had way. about 20 minutes to get all that stuff off. <laughs> oh, you took it off first? get as much blood off as I could and then go to the airport. That would
6: have been a fun time with the TSA. Yeah.
8: <laughs> I don't think they would have let me through because I was also in the Dominican Republic. So oh. uh, I just
1: <laughs> What did they use for the blood? Was it easy to get off?
8: Honestly, it tasted like breakfast syrup. Got okay. Strawberry breakfast syrup. <laughs> okay. So as far as I know, that's what it was. Yep, I have no idea. <laughs> Unfortunately, the mosquitoes loved it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh, oh no 2015 <laughs> Condemned Yes Another gross oh, It was actually Like almost hard to watch Right yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's nasty That's another really gross It's plan. really awesome <laughs> Like I loved it But yeah It is It is a gross <laughs> out Gross fest The set design On that movie Was insane you Now what? I don't know If they went in And built This grimy apartment On a sound stage Or what No
8: that was a real building that really? we were in, And the building it, it looked that bad The entire building I think the building was actually vacated and empty and right after we were out filming they were actually going to gut the entire building yeah everybody from the crew and the set designers went in and they made that building what it was and what you saw that's crazy I mean thankfully it, it didn't smell as it looked like it yeah. should because it <laughs> yeah. was all set design <laughs> yeah. but yeah the entire building top to bottom we took it over and they created that space I
1: mean it looks like you'd need a tetanus shot to right, go right in, right in the right. yeah, there right. yeah. I don't know if you noticed or if it was an inside thing but I noticed this watching the movie Dante's apartment, yes. okay? There's graffiti all over the walls. Right, right. Okay. In one corner of one wall, it says like, like fuck off, IMDB losers or <laughs> yeah, something Right. And Right? And then in another corner, there's like red graffiti that appears, disappears then shows up again and it says like have fun, fuckers.
8: Right, yeah Eli, <laughs> that- Eli, the director okay, had okay. fun doing that because okay. he, he was sort of playing games with people as they were watching the film if they would pick up on these weird little things uh, and the things that he'd written on the wall and I uh, think there were messages all over for that wall Okay. To go back and look at it. I have no idea what all of them said. Right, 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 yeah. right.
1: Okay, cool, cool. I'm glad it's...
3: <laughs> but it's
8: funny, when I was doing that one, actually, for I feel like I look really gross during most of my movies, actually, and I, I f- sometimes forget by the end of the day or when mealtime comes how gross I look and then don't know why no one wants to sit with me. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> She's casting
4: <agents. laughs> right, Let's yeah, get yeah. the prettiest supermodel we can find and <laughs> gross out. I'm just make her the of, worst I looking I actually movie. think that's
8: really fun, though. I'd sort of rather be more character and getting all like decrepit and disgusting. And I mean, for that one, though, in particular, painting the rot and the nicotine on my teeth yeah. every day <laughs> and then the track marks. I mean, I can't, I was living in New York at the time and I cannot imagine what my doorman must have thought of me when I would go home at
1: night. <laughs> right. I'll all, all done up like a junkie. Yeah. Oh, wow. No. <laughs> you, you had a role in South of Hell. Yes. And one of the episodes that you starred in was I mean there was one directed by Eli Roth mm-hmm. there was one directed by one of our favorite directors Ty West.
8: Yes. It was so much fun. Yeah. I loved it. I mean Eli is a really good friend and I absolutely adore him same with Ty West and there was another amazing director Jeremiah Gitnick who did the family vacation Christmas movie. Not horror oh. but <laughs> It's like, pretty amazing and iconic. So like I, National Lampoon's yes, Christmas Vacation. Yes. Okay, well So wow. I kind of geeked out over that when he was on set, which was awesome. And then Jen Lynch did a couple episodes.
1: That is so great.
8: And it was really, really incredible. I mean, I'd never been to Charleston before, so we were filming in South Charleston. And we really were in the middle of that swamp. And it was pretty spectacular.
1: And working with Ty West, I mean, I'm a huge fan of House of the Devil.
8: Yes, amazing film. And The Roost. Mm-hmm. And,
1: God damn and it. Of course, Cabin Fever, too. Right. That he did was great. It was great. And yeah. in- yeah. Keepers. Yeah. Yes, keepers. Keepers. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> House of the Devil actually was one of the few films I've seen probably in the past 20 years that actually had me like, I couldn't move after I was watching on the couch, you and I were watching, yeah. I couldn't go upstairs. It was terrifying.
2: You're into prop collecting yes. and we're into prop collecting. So I had a couple of questions yeah. for you. So what got you into prop collecting? Like what was the first thing you bought? And Oh, I mean, I think I've
8: always been obsessed with props and things, but I always kind of held off on really getting anything and collecting it because actually until i met chris i was sort of in transition and i never really wanted to settle down anywhere and have a permanent home until i had my happily ever after and then once that happened i kind of went full on with like all my obsessions of like the wallpapers and the movie props and all sorts of things and i I feel like the first one was a gremlin right wow your first one yeah i think it was
7: from the rick baker auction
8: yeah yeah i think it was a gremlin (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
8: now we have three gremlins, a mogwai, and like who knows what else stuff, a lot of things. <laughs> Is it your grail piece? Oh, I don't know. I the, Honestly, I love all of them. There's weird memories and emotions yeah. kind of attached to each and every one. So it's your. it's got to be the howling head. Oh, yeah, actually, it was the howling <laughs> oh, head. Really? I think that wow. was the first time. That's, one I got. Yeah. Wow. that's And his eyes, there's a little switch. Patrick McGee at McGee FX modded him. So there's like a little switch. So his oh, eyes turn so on and cool. they glow red. <laughs> oh, Wow, it's amazing. that's amazing! Awesome. What
1: was it? Was it like a, a, a makeup test bust, or was it an actual like I head from the, an yeah, animatronic it's one of the or something, or
8: that have been used in one of the scenes in the movie?
1: That is so awesome. so yeah is there something that's out there that is really iconic that you want to get your hands on
8: yes and I missed it in the last auction and when I tried to get it afterwards whoever had it decided that they didn't want to sell it I
1: know it. what that feels like yeah, I'm,
8: <laughs> I'm really upset about this and I've been if I knew who this person was I would probably show up on their doorstep but I wanted some of the evil dead army of darkness props Ah, yeah. Yeah. and those were for sale in one of the prop store auctions and I think i would and filming and traveling and I came back and I went to sleep for a couple hours and of course I didn't realize they were like the first items up for action oh. I missed it but no one had been on them so no. I was desperately <laughs> trying to contact them and I guess whoever had them changed their mind and didn't want to no way!
1: So I've ended up with it. a lot of stuff just like that right and usually you get it for opening hammer price. Right, which yeah. Which is they, awesome. They
8: decided they just didn't. Oh, want God. Is it, so. a of
7: Chucky doll, too?
8: Well, there is someone who has Chucky oh. items, but I don't really know the deal with that because I feel like they kind of jack up the price for them a lot. And right. I like Chucky. Yeah, I mean, Chucky stuff pretty is... pretty amazing. Yeah. But... It,
1: it's among the most but expensive. if you
8: follow a lot of the auctions, it's absorbently higher than yeah. some
2: of the other items.
1: Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. Chucky, and Evil Dead are kind of like the tippity-top of, of collecting right, as far as right. props.
2: Wasn't there a cabin? Like an Evil Dead cabin? Yeah,
1: they actually... The cabin might still be for sale. They actually had the cabin from I think it was Evil Dead 2.
8: I mean, I think I know exactly
5: where, where we were could going put... To put that, <laughs> <on>? that was <laughs> Uh-oh. Yes.
2: You can always make room. There's, There's that
8: no that little around. nub on the property. It would, it would be amazing. On that
1: nub. I'm pretty sure that it still exists because it's so big. Like, you know, what are people going to do with it? Because you have to, you know, move it across. It actually comes with a trailer, actually, so you can drive it across. That was the whole oh, that's thing. Amazing. Was... Your
8: new office has three acres of land. There you go. <laughs> there you go.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and there's right now a pair of pants from, I believe, Army of Darkness on a premier props auction right now. Oh,
8: nice. And yeah, I, well, that's see, the happening thing that like I tried to get two, was but... one of those d- Evil Dead Army of Darkness soldier skeletons. Oh, yeah. It was like the full skeleton and I wanted wow. it so
1: bad and That was the auction you got all this Shaun of the dead stuff from. Oh,
8: oh that's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's
3: right. And
8: I missed it. I did get I did get Lenny the Mogwai from that auction, that's which was oh, amazing, oh, but nice. Nice. I'm still
2: I'm still very sad about the Army of Darkness stuff. I'm sure it'll eventually find its way to you.
1: Yeah, these things have a way of coming back around. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) Lauren wanted to talk about Disneyland.
8: I love
2: Disneyland. (laughs) I love Disneyland, too. Is there a specific ride that's your favorite or a specific food? Rides? Love the Haunted Mansion. That's
8: probably my
2: end-all, be-all,
8: absolute favorite that's there. And then, actually, we were just at Disney World, Totally different, but I still love Disneyland. But the rides there that they had, I would say my favorite roller coaster they have is Mount Everest. does not seem like it should be Disney at all. I'm still confused at what it has to do (laughs) with Disney. (laughs) But it was awesome, and it's this crazy roller coaster. And you get on it, and it's like you're on this mountaineering expedition. And you make it all the way up to the top of the mountain, and they have this whole sort of story about the Yeti and all that and how he's going to get you. And so you make it to the top, and the tracks have been ripped off and so you stop and then the ride suddenly stops up there. You can't go any further and it gets stuck and then you start rolling backwards and you do half the ride backwards (laughs) and then it takes you down like another track inside the Mount Everest that they've built and then you see this projection of him like tearing up the tracks and all this and then you continue spiraling down.
4: (laughs) That sounds pretty
1: terrifying. That's bad. (laughs) Is that like their answer to the Matterhorn or they have a Matterhorn? They
8: don't have a Matterhorn so that's probably their Uh, version uh,
1: of the Matterhorn.
8: Matterhorn We only just found out recently why the Matterhorn has snow on it and it It's because I guess it didn't used to have any white, but when they were doing repairs originally back in the day, the plaster that they would put on it was white, and then eventually they just turned it into snow. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what one of the guides there had told us. That's That's so funny.
1: I've heard that there's a basketball court up there.
8: I've heard that too. There is. I've seen (laughs) photos
6: of it. (laughs) It's a a half court inside the... Inside, I don't play
8: <laughs> basketball, but it'd be
6: really cool to just if, try to shoot some hoops. I wonder there. if there's Everest uh, has a basketball. Maybe it's big enough. Uh, it has a court.
1: I had heard the whole reason they—I mean, this rumors hearsay—but I had heard the whole reason they had to put a basketball court up was because in order to build a structure that high, it had to be classified as a sports uh. <laughs> place or a sporting oh, ar-
4: arena or whatever. Well, if you ever make it up there, be sure to sign the wall. It's tradition. Oh, really? Wow. Yep. My Disney friends say, "Hey, we, we've been there. You got to sign the wall." Wow, that's so cool. Yeah.
1: One more thing about props. Yes. Did you guys go check out the Guillermo del Toro Bleak House exhibit when it was at uh, the Art Museum?
8: No, we didn't. No!
7: <laughs> that was no. during a period where I was working like uh, seven days
1: a week. Uh, you know. God, you guys would love it. Is there any like... Is that? I can't believe we missed it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh,
3: but I mean, well, they, they did have fault. some of that
8: his displays fault. at Monsterpalooza. Yeah,
1: yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Are you you go to Monsterpalooza yes, and all this I stuff? I love it. Yeah, I love we go it. over I here. Was,
8: I was a little bummed at this last one, though, only because I felt like there was a unfortunate shift in the crowd that was going where I think people were going more for like selfies and Instagram and sure. yeah, yeah, they weren't prop collectors and they weren't appreciating the art and right. everything that goes into what happens and I don't think they realize that everyone there is an artist, everyone there is selling their work in these booths and it should be appreciated and yeah. instead they're like, oh my gosh, it's so fun, haha and like that's not why people should be going to those things. I think it's fine but I thought it took away from
1: I like the whole point, uh, really. Yeah. The celebration of the artist we usually go Friday nights like late right before they close because they're open latest on the Friday. That's actually when Guillermo del Toro goes by all the shit. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of that, are there any kind of horror or dark artists that you really like that you collect their works by or there's people that you like to support?
8: Oh gosh! I mean, I think Midnight Studios and Patrick McGee, McGee FX, are yeah. I have most of, a lot of their stuff cool. in our house. And then there's this really amazing statue that I have. I gosh, I feel really bad. I can't remember who made it, but it's called a Venabite, and it's this bizarre sort of custom alien light fixture that I have sort of displayed on a table in our house and it changes colors and you can sort of see the veins and everything coming through oh, it. Wow. it's
1: really nice. cool. Wow. That, and what do you have from Pat McGee? Well,
8: that's where I got the howling head cool. and then I have all these other little like heads that are kind of scattered throughout the house and then um, he's actually helped restore some of my gremlins and then this other mask that I got from Prop Store. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually Jack Nicholson's face from Wolf. Oh, cool. I guess his stunt double used <laughs> in the scene where he was in the park and like, climbing over the rocks and stuff. And I had that one modded as well. So there's like a little switch and his eyes glow
6: yellow.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> so awesome. That's a good one. <laughs> so how did the, the experience when you became uh, the ambassador of Screamfest in 2016, which is like the biggest horror festival? It's like the Sundance of horror, really. It's
8: a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: How did you get approached to that? And what did you have to do when you were there?
8: I just sort of love horror. So when I was there, I went there for Condemned. Yeah. And then I just mm-hmm. sort of got interested in seeing the other movies that were playing. You know, I, I have to be honest, it was one of those things where I Because I love horror so much, I had questions and I wanted to hear more about the art of these films and the artists and why they were doing things. So I kind of just started by accident moderating the films that they have there just by asking fan questions. (laughs) So, yeah, it just kind of happened in a bizarre way. So, yeah, for the last two years, I've just been going and moderating the panels. And sometimes it's a little nerve wracking because... I don't actually know what i'm doing or what i'm going into so this last year i mean i showed up and i you know i mean i guess i looked all right but it was like these movies big premieres and i was like oh i think i'm just gonna i was telling chris i was like i'm just gonna you know host the moderate the panel i'll ask some questions it's cool and then i show up and i'm like What the heck? (laughs) But I mean, it was really fun and everyone was really nice and it worked out and it was great. And I mean, they have really incredible films in that festival, too. It's exciting.
1: Is there some that you've seen recently that you love and you recommend?
8: Yes. I mean, there was one. I don't know if it has distribution or not. It was an Italian horror film and it takes place in modern times, but it had a very old feel to it and it kind of brought back that hitchcockian suspense and it was black and white and it was called Laplace's Demon oh, and it was based on this mathematical equation about how everything is sort of predetermined and can be mathematically figured out every step every interaction every reaction and everything it's just predetermined and you can't fall from that path. And oh. then there was a fun one, Tragedy Girls, that came out this year. Which oh, yes yeah. Really yeah. You know, young girls. And it kind of poked fun at the social media thing. And it was very female driven, which was exciting. And I mean, even though you want to hate the characters, you kind of love them, too, despite all the horrible things that they're doing. And then the other one was Dead Ant this year. Okay. And opened the Screamfest Festival, and it was kind of this hair metal rock horror thing. Yeah, it was
1: pretty great. It was pretty great. You're a big fan of magicians on sci-fi. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but you did a really cool photo shoot where you were, like, did, levitating. Yes. Was that, like, on your own, or did they, like, commission you to do these photos? Um, or? Well,
8: they asked if I, you know, because that was when the show was just starting out, yeah. and not a lot of people were watching it, and from day one, I was like, I'm obsessed with this show. It's so great. We need, everyone needs to watch it. Um, so they were like, hey, we're just kind of starting out. Like, would you be interested in just like posting one or two things and I guess the model in me was like well yeah but <laughs> I'm gonna do this right and I'm gonna right. like set up these shoots and do really cool things like I think they were just like I think what they envisioned was I would just like either post like a snap or a selfie and be sure. like I like this show but instead I was like no 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 Take it needs magic <laughs> awesome.
3: so yeah
1: they were beautiful are you, are you into like you know we got the magic castle and stuff are you into yes. that scene here yes, yes very have you guys been to Brookledge we have yes Did you Love it! Yes, it's, amazing. It's, the best. <laughs> so great. it's the best. Another place, another place. Brookledge hosts this thing, like the family that has Brookledge. They host this other thing at the Mission Inn once a year, oh, and it's wow. like a three-day overnight, like magic experience where what? they take over the Mission Inn and they actually let you into the catacombs, which they never, they never do. Have you guys been to the Mission Inn? No. It's beautiful.
8: I want to go. It's what like one the
1: of the place? oldest hotels. I think it's definitely California, the oldest hotel in California. It is like staying at Hogwarts. It's insane. All the rooms are like, you go up to the, in this like, you know, old iron elevator to the rooftop and all the rooms are kind of accessed off the, the roof and you go inside all the original stained glasses in there and these spiral staircases in each room going up to the sleeping lofts. It is stunning, but yeah, they take it over and it's very suited because it it really reminds me of Brookledge. Right. Like aesthetically. Right, right. It's just gorgeous because nothing about the hotel has changed or been updated. It's just been fixed. So it looks insane. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Sounds
8: so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty amazing.
1: So you've got some new projects that are. Well, actually, first of all, let me go back to the, the photos and stuff, because I find this fascinating. <laughs> what you were doing to uh, is just so refreshing and new. I've seen you do kind of what you're doing with the magicians sci-fi stuff. You've also done that with horror movies. You've had photo shoots. Where you're sitting at a theater well, with Chucky. And,
8: well, that was for Scream Fest. And, yeah. I, and again, just because I love the festival and I, I want more people to get involved, know about it. And I think horror, it has a very large audience audience and i think people don't really realize i think when people think of horror they're like oh yeah scary bloody and they don't really realize there's so many genres and subgenres within that one classification i mean there's the there's the supernatural the scientific and the naturalistic and that's just the basic three before you break it down to the region that it's from and the subgenres of like yeah. the psychological the paranormal the torture porn yeah. the
1: italian giallo right i mean there's so
8: many variations between it and horror is also one of those genres where anything really goes and yes. the audience is much more forgiving yeah. right and I just I, I love it and when you start meeting people that share that same passion of horror it, it's nice and it's a, a very tight-knit community that's us
4: right <laughs> <laughs> hey, by the way what is your favorite subgenre
8: oh God we kind of watch everything honestly I feel like it kind of depends on what sort of mood I'm in oh, okay. if I'm not watching a horror movie I'm either watching something on investigation discovery whether it's like <laughs> Joe Kenda or one of those really insane over the top like the Susan Lucci um, Deadly Affairs or like weird (laughs) things like that. Or I'm watching Destination America with A Haunting. So I kind of split it up between those too. and then with the movies yeah we kind of we kind of watch everything
7: some nights you're in the mood for uh, Korean ghosts who right. crawl <laughs> out of water right <laughs> 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 that's <laughs> way too specific
4: <laughs>
8: but it's <laughs> well you know there's like the train to Busan which that's was great like, oh, yeah. amazing yeah. Korean, yeah. Korean yeah. film totally. um, and then there was this other one that we started watching we didn't get to finish it though because we both got really tired down the forêt, into the forest it's a French family the mother and father are divorced and the kids go to visit the father in Sweden
7: oh okay and right weird yeah
8: no, and then and then we got tired exactly. and we paused it so we haven't gotten to finish it so i don't know how it
7: ends when you're really tired like watching the watching a subtitled film and you're like oh i just i don't want to pay that much attention <laughs> so I, nice.
1: exactly twerk.
7: we got lazy as some
1: <laughs> and how about horror haunts and haunted attractions and things like that are you into that
8: i am i love them although i i kind of want them to be scarier
1: what are some of your favorites what has come close i
2: I mean, I guess the Queen Mary does a really good job.
1: That's one we haven't been to. I'm
2: going to ask it, guys. Ask it. Ask <laughs> it. <laughs> Have you done delusion? No, what is that? Oh, my okay.
1: God. But I'm, okay. I'm, not, <laughs>
2: I'm not into the ones where the people can actually,
8: like, do stuff to yeah, you, Yeah, that's though. not Like I, I, don't, I don't want someone, I, I mean... You don't want to be, yes, like, blindfolded be, right. and
1: bag over your head. And,
8: like, yes, it would be scary if someone started attacking you, <laughs> but... That's also not fun. And that happens exactly. to way too many people right. in real life. So yeah. why would you
2: pay someone to do that? Exactly. It's right. Right. Yeah, exactly. the opposite not... of why, go no, to no, why we go to that. No. It. So delusion is each year they do a different haunted play, but you're part of the play. Oh. And it's always in like an old house. There was one in the Adams district and just old abandoned houses. And then they rig it like stunt teams do actual like crazy stunts, like people crawling on the walls. Oh, wow. and you'll have to be like in a what in a mental institution and you're trying to get out of the room and then you're looking it's little escape room-esque like you're looking for clues but it's just an amazing experience like i had to crawl into a coffin and get a key (laughs) off of a skeleton to like (laughs) unlock something to move the story along but it's always like a really good story and really interesting and it's pretty fucking scary that's amazing (laughs) yeah it's terrifying
1: and like the magic of it is you control the group you're in so we usually go you know the book our little group or whatever we go in and no one else is in with you and as soon as you cross this threshold into these homes which are also beautiful because it's part urban exploration and part horror experience as soon as you walk in all of a sudden the lights go up the score starts and you're in a movie. That's amazing. And yeah, people are crawling up the walls and you're, you know, they ask you to kind of help the story along by doing yeah. things and you can volunteer or not and just kind of watch and, you know, be a part of it that way. But it is probably the closest thing to the scariest thing that yeah, I've ever Yeah, it's like being in a horror
6: movie. There's yeah. one where they took over the church in, in Silver Lake that's over by like where uh, Maltman meets uh, yeah. meets uh, Silver Lake where the, anyway. So there's a big church there and it's just empty. So they took over the whole church and turned it into a, an, an insane asylum. Oh, I remember that. So they walked, did you do that? I the oh, you lines remember when it happened. So crazy long, yeah. yeah.
7: That I, I, I mean, we, I went, right, and then ended up not being able to go, yeah.
6: It was it, it was okay. You didn't.
7: <laughs>
6: the, after all that. <laughs> but the way it starts which is so exciting is they take you they put you in a room. They go, "Okay, now just wait here for 5 minutes." And then it takes like 10 minutes before something happens. It's dark in the room. They you enter through one door and there's another door in the room and someone bursts into the room and go, "Oh my god, thank God you're here. Okay, we got to get out of here." And then they take you into the the whole world. So the so it's a great. whole world building thing. It's and you're you're being chased by you know trying to escape this insane asylum so feel you had just a feeling like you're in there's a sense of relative safeness because you're not being attacked like physically or anything like you're saying but but you don't know how well the story is going to go so it's it's really exciting. It's really fun. Is yeah, it rude if I just so if cool. I
7: hijack my wife's podcast? <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard. Not
6: to be like, no, well,
7: then, whatever you want, then. <laughs> then I'll then I'll shut up. <laughs> then I'll, then I'll shut up <laughs> then, but we go to not we 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 go to move uh, closer? We, we, yeah, 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 We yeah, go, go, go to Universal horror. horror Nights every year. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. At the end of September, and it's always my favorite time of year because when you go through the mazes, they have that rotting corpse smell. Yes. Yeah. That always
3: <laughs> makes me feel like oh,
7: I'm home. And smoke machine, whatever the fuck is. <laughs> yeah. Smoke machine, dry. Yeah. the chainsaw
2: so, the gas, yeah. the gas yeah. and even
7: though you know it's coming someone jumps out and you're like god
3: fucking damn it right? no
7: and, uh, and I, I remember when Rob Zombie first started doing his horror mazes it was yes. the year before we did House of a Thousand Corpses right. he was like hey man Universal's gonna give me a maze do you wanna come like jump out and scare people I was like, yeah so in like you know two, 99 or 2000 I remember like jumping out and scaring people, and Rob Rob's brother Spider got punched in the face by a dude.
3: Oh, it's
7: very it is a dangerous. Like I have a lot of respect for the people who jump out because they do. I think they do get. Attacks yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. But this year, um, <laughs> Elvira invited us to her, like, I guess her last...
5: Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, we, we went, went to we that. Yeah, it, it, it was great. So amazing. <laughs> yeah, she's so great.
7: And so we went, and I hadn't been to Not Scary Farm in years. And what's great about it is that it's a... You can have a totally different experience than Horror Nights, because it's not... The mazes don't hinge on any IP. Exactly. Right, so right. like that one haunted house that had the flashlights with the NFC technology. Like trick-or-treat. Or really yeah. cool. so that yeah. was one of the fucking coolest <laughs> yes. where it just the wherever you go, it's like, oh now the flashlight goes out or it turns into a black light or yep. flickers it really or cool. it yep. was it was such a you know, so we, we so yeah, this year we'll definitely do both again, but we can't we cannot have a exist in a year without doing horror nights and, that's and awesome. knots. I agree, yeah, I, I agree, I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah, oh, not <laughs> that's one thing
1: we've always said too, like the, the creativity. That they inject into those mazes at Knots, there's so much passion in it. Yeah. because they're just thinking up these characters, and you know, and they work
8: on it all year, and they everything is made there on the property, all the special effects yep. and prosthetics and everything they do is there. It's didn't
1: they? Really t- insane. Yeah, it's great. I think I saw something. Did you? They take you through Knots dressed yeah, up in some me, yeah, they, for it was
8: some bizarre thing, and I got to get dressed up and walk around, it and it's like die? it's it's really was crazy it though because like the kids are not
7: nice at all.
3: <laughs> oh, you oh. like get in the face of people dressed up. Well, just up what he said. Like, yeah. I mean. Right,
1: I, you know people are right.
7: yeah. like, like why did you leave the house <laughs> they didn't want to have fun and take part in the thing exactly make right. like, right. you come ex- out exactly yes the money to go through the just like right scared. if they're
1: going to complain like we've been through like in Universal tons of times with this jackass in front of us going hey, fuck you fuck you you know and right. it's like yelling at the actors and it things you're scary. like yeah like yeah. what you're obviously really fucking scared if you're yeah. saying that right, right? <laughs> <laughs> stay home <laughs> well
4: hey come october i'm talking to you john braver if delusion happens lydia chris you guys are coming with us yes. yeah yeah we'll close yes. out the fucking place We're yeah, in. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah. i want to hear about the projects you're working on now you're filming a yes. sharon tate oh. yeah, I mean, that's, that's actually
8: when my hair is dark now wow um, let me guess
1: let me guess let me
4: guess abigail folgers
3: yes <laughs> I feel like you knew that before. No, 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 no.
1: We all have access uh, to IMDb. Oh.
4: I know, Sharon Tate was not blonde. She, she was blonde,
1: right? Sharon yes. Tate was blonde. Yeah. she was.
8: Yes. Sharon Tate was actually played by Hilary Duff. Oh,
1: wow. Oh, wow. That's right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Who's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's, amazing. That's good casting. Absolutely yeah. spectacular
8: in that role and looked identical. It was really creepy. I bet.
1: So, what's the story with that movie? When, when are we going to be able to see it? I actually, I think it's
8: already sold. It's in post production, and it should be done with editing in max three months. And I believe it's going to be coming out in August.
1: Oh wow! And you got a movie. Do you got a movie with Nicolas Cage coming up?
8: I did. Yes. Yes. That did it was, come out already? Or is it still no, already? it has not come out yet. I think okay. it's in post right now. Um, I actually played his dead wife. We have flashbacks and I keep appearing. And then I essentially possess someone else because, uh, you know, because I'm so sickly deranged and obsessed with him. I don't want to let him go.
5: Nice. awesome.
1: <laughs> up till recently, I thought the only way to get into Club 33 was through Nicolas Cage. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, honestly, we we got all this you know Rob Zombie shit from Halloween Town. He had sold it on oh, to consignment, Wayne. you know. So, did you sell it Wayne? What's that? Wayne yeah. Toth? Yeah, yeah, Wayne Toth. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So he'd sold like we you know that's how we actually the, we got engaged oh, the shortly fuck? around Why that didn't
7: time. Tell me that I know right. <laughs> One day we
1: show up in Halloween Town, all the stuffs there. His wine rack, coffin wine rack that we yes. ended up getting. His electric chair that was in the hallway and the Frankenstein uh, out there and wait, a mermaid and a pirate. Or, it's a bunch of.
3: Fishy <laughs> <laughs> <shit>. mermaid.
1: <laughs> We got, the you got, we got a, no, she's like a life-size naked mermaid. Yeah, yeah, not a Fiji mermaid, though. Um, So we got all this stuff, and we were asking, like, you know, we made friends with Wayne and Jackie, who own the store, and we were talking about Disneyland, and they said, have you guys ever been to Club 33? And we said, no. And she's like, you know what's funny? Rob Zombie has been trying to go to Club 33 forever. And he hasn't been able to get in. He finally just went. And the only reason he went is because Nick Cage took him. <laughs>
7: took
3: him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> did oh, you yeah, take him? We, you we guys did? Him, yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh,
7: maybe, oh. we took him to the original. We just, yeah, was, we just took them in December.
1: Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so funny. Guys, any more questions that you have for Lydia?
5: I guess maybe my one question is, yes. yeah. if you had a film... I guess any film or particularly a horror film that's like your go to comfort, I guess, is it Evil Dead or is there something that you, just makes you feel cozy and like how's your go to?
8: Oh, I don't know. I feel like, I mean, we have, I think on our iTunes, we have about 200 horror movies alone.
5: You know, the, the, the
7: film I hear you talk about the most is Army of Darkness. Yeah, I really, I do love Army of Darkness. That <laughs> okay. might be my, my okay. yeah, my absolute
8: go to. Okay. But I will say, but movies like that are different. Like even with The Haunting of Sharon Tate, like that was a lot of fun. But it, it sort of teetered. It was very real, which I will say where I feel like if you're watching or if you were involved, like with Condemned, that movie, like it was a little bit tongue in cheek and we all kind of knew what was going on. Whereas The Haunting of Sharon Tate, there were moments where, you know, there was a moment actually during my death scene where me and this other girl, Fievel, um sorry, that was her real name, not the character, right. obviously. Um you know, we're fighting and I think they were like, OK, just, you know, stab her a couple times and she'll be screaming, crying. Great. Like, whatever. We'll give you girls a, a couple minutes to get into it. And then, you know, just do this for like 30 seconds and then we'll yell cut. But she and I got so into it. We didn't hear them yell cut and neither did the camera guy. And I'm sure I don't know what everyone in Runyon Canyon must have thought because we were literally <laughs> in the canyon and I was screaming and hysterically crying like bloody murder as oh, if geez. I was truly being killed and i think everybody from the cast and crew had to come out and they were screaming cut just to like get us and the cameraman to hear it to stop
4: oh Oh. wow Wow. that story just haunts me man when i was was young there was a movie called helter skelter right yes and i saw that and i was way too young to see that movie and it just disturbed me and then i started research and it's just like it's so it's just one of those murders where it's so brutal and then fast forward to just a few years ago Well, not a few years, maybe 10 years ago or so. Do you know uh, the work of Joel Peter Witkin? No. Photographer. Very grotesque stuff. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, you see a bowl of fruit and a couple legs, and those are actually real legs.
8: Oh, wow. Okay. Don't
4: know where he gets the body parts from, but that's what he does. Wow. So, he had an exhibit, and uh, it was like a to, it was uh, some other crime scene photographer. So behind the black curtain were the Sharon Tate photos, the murder scene photos.
8: I've I've seen all those images because as I was doing research for the part I saw all of them. And we have this picture, I have it on my phone. I I guess I could show you guys since no one listening can see it. (laughs) Um, Show me later, later. But I'm really conflicted with how I feel about the image because it's a perfect recreation of the crime scene, but as we shot it, it was at sunrise when the body was first discovered. So there's this beautiful cinematic sunrise happening and how you see sort of me there on the ground and so I when I look at it I'm like, oh it's so beautiful, but oh my god, it's like I just I I have trouble actually looking at it.
4: Yeah, and it's very disturbing though.
8: It is. It's, and also what's creepy is our film was based solely on everybody in the house. So the family and Charlie were sort of secondary ghost characters. And it really showcased the relationship and the friendship on everybody who was in the house the week prior to the murders
4: is there is there i'm curious is there a scene where you guys go for mexican the night before
8: no well this actually <laughs> it, it's interesting because this um sharon gave an interview a year before she was murdered about how she had a dream about her death no way of her and jc bring
4: oh wow! i never heard of that story
8: it's it's actually it's published in fate magazine an old like obviously back issue from 69 oh wow and it's really creepy how she was talking about you know spirituality and sort of dreams and if she had this sort of sixth sense and you know she was discussing about how she had just gotten the house with Roman and she had this really disturbing nightmare and she didn't know if she really felt comfortable in the house but she sort of brushed it aside and they were working and traveling and it was probably just because she was filming those movies and on those sets that that must have been what was causing this sort of feeling and disturbance and she had this vision, I guess, in a sense, exactly of how it was that she died.
4: That's so disturbing.
8: Reading that and then hearing, because there's an audio version of it, too, where you can hear the interview that she gave.
6: Oh, wow. Oh, I've wow. never heard that before. Yeah, i got to find that. It's
8: very creepy. So this is based on that interview and the spirituality aspect. So... It parallels reality of what does happen, but then there's also, basically, in the film, reality exists in the dreams, and then reality in the film is like what would have happened if they could have gotten away. That's it clever. teeters on that sort of spirituality aspect and what is and isn't happening, and do they or don't they escape, and like how every choice can affect your fate.
6: It's the Mulholland drive oh. of the. Right. Sharon Tate Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
8: but it was hard because in different ways we had to sort of get tied up and get abducted and have these moments and they were such intense scenes and be up in the rafters and people breaking in because she was having these dreams and she was having, you know, in the way that it really happened. And so even when we're filming, we're like, wait, is this okay? So are we on the, is this reality or is this another one of the <laughs> right. dreams or like what's happening? Like, oh my gosh, because it just, it was a constant cycle of, sort of reliving this trauma over and over again. For I think we were filming for about five weeks.
1: Well, what did that oh. do to you when you come home from that?
3: I
8: was exhausted. Yeah? <laughs> I, mean, I,
3: think,
8: I think I was okay, right? <laughs>
7: well, Lydia would drive home at like 4.30 in the morning just covered in blood. Oh, oh. <laughs> <Pulled> over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah.
8: Well, I just figured that we're in Hollywood, so if I got pulled over, I'd be like, yeah. no, 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 this isn't real. I swear. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I'm,
6: I'm, I'm sure they've movie. seen it all. That'd be, <laughs> yeah. that'd be a good cover for a real murder. I don't know. just from kidding, movie it's, set. It's yeah. it's it's
8: fraught, it's fraught,
6: Dummy up a call sheet. No, see him. No. <laughs>
8: well, I was actually nervous because from the movie they gave me the um Dr. Saperstein, the prop dog from the film. Oh, so I was wow. driving home uh-huh. one day covered in blood and then I had this dead dog
3: in the chest. Wow. It does. It looks
8: really it's not there's nothing real about it. It's like cotton and like right, fake right. fur, but it looks like a real dog. It's sure. actually really scary. And yeah, I'm sure if I had, if that had been the one day that I'd gotten pulled over, they, I, yeah, they would have thought I did something. Horrible. <laughs> it would have been hard explaining and getting them to believe that it was a prop dog and prop blood. Right, right. <laughs> oh.
1: Well, I know you guys got to get going, so uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up here and thank you so much yes, for taking the time to come out me. here. Hey, can yeah. I a favor?
7: Yeah. Can I, can I come back on? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes.
3: Chris is coming back yeah. on. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hey. I just-
7: First, I feel bad that I piped in as many times. Like, stop jumping! Stop butting into your wife. Just we start talking about this, I'm like, oh, but well, what about the? Okay. Oh, okay, also-
6: oh, oh, we can tell you what we'll do a role reversal. and Lydia, you can jump in hey, on obvious. his. jazz. Yes.
4: Uh, you
0: know, there's some things I forgot to tell you guys, and they're really important. Number one, he hates bright lights. We know that, but you got to keep him out of the sunlight. Sunlight will kill him. Number two, keep him away from water. Don't give him any water
4: to drink. And whatever you do, don't give him a bath. And probably the most important thing, don't ever feed him after midnight.
1: This was the Boo Crew Podcast, episode number nine. Big thanks to our special guest, Lydia Hurst. Follow her on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Lydia Hurst. And hey, please stop by iTunes, rate, and write us a review if you like what you're hearing. It helps more people find the show and keeps it growing. Going over to Insta, shout out to Eden Rosetta, Jessica Landon, Anthony Berganza, Brian O'Hara. Thank you so much for keeping the conversation going. And thank you for listening. Trevor for the Boo Crew saying, see you on the other side.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew. Crew podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at Tales Crew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at Tales from the Boo. The Boo Crew is Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shand, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tahada. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP
3: creation.
1: Fuck a duck.